Knock Life. This is part of the Nerds of Color Network. I'm Dominic Ma. I'm Brittany Monet. Hi, Brittany. Today, well, let's see. This week, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever came out in theaters. So I think we're going to talk about that a lot. So there will be spoilers for the movie if you haven't happened to see it yet, but we'll be talking about that a lot. Later, we'll probably talk about Andor and the passing of Kevin Conroy. But let's start with this Black Panther movie, which is a big deal. And I'll just say, you know, for me, I'm just, this is sort of a tough one because I'm just one guy watching movie. I was not like overwhelmed as you know, uh, as a filmmaking and cultural achievement as I was when watching the first Black Panther. But then you have to remember that the first Black Panther was a big deal and did like a lot of things. And then, of course, they had this impossible problem of the lead actor uh, passed away before they could make the sequel. Of course, Chadwick Boseman passed away. And so there's, there's, there's a lot there. So I'll say more about it later, but we'll just start with what's, what were your impressions, Brittany? I really liked it a lot. I think so far that I want to say this is the favorite of phase four because I just I feel like I might change my mind in like a couple months when I do like a huge like MCU marathon and then change uh-huh. my mind. So I don't want to like say that this is my favorite of phase four officially and then like it not being but I will I feel like it's in my top three as of right now. It was really good. I loved I really loved everything with like telecon as I said, you know, like basically, uh, yeah, Namor. Sort of Atlantis, but a new new version of Atlantis. Yeah, like everything with Namor, I think was really great. I think, how do you say his name? Is it Tenoch? Tino? Well, I've been saying Tenoch Huerta. His name Tenoch? is Tenoch, which is cool because that name is actually part of the big Aztec city that people refer to when they're talking about the Aztec period of uh, rule in the oh. world. So it's, so it's very clear, you know, line of, of his indigenous heritage to the yes. Aztec tradition because his name is Tenaka. That's actually the, the I don't the name of the is like Tenoxitlan or something. I can't quite say, but something like that. Anyway. Yeah, but he's playing, think, he's playing Namor or Namor. Yes, I think him and Angela Bassett give like the best performances of this film. Along with I'll have to say Diana Guerra. There's a scene with her that like I don't know. It was so good. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can understand it not having the same and cultural cultural impact as the first Black Panther because it was the first Black Panther. The first one was the first one, and it was just the first time that we were seeing, you know, dark skinned Black people in a superhero franchise leading almost every single role. And mm. then, you know, to it to be done on the level of what it was, I feel like like the follow up, regardless of what would happen, would always have like, uh, you know, wouldn't have as I don't know if it would have, I don't know what to say big shoes to fill, but I feel like it doesn't have as much weight carrying on it. So there can be maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more fun with it and not having to be, I don't know, but I mm-hmm. feel like no. it was good. It's an interesting question because I mean, expectations were very high. Let's just say mm-hmm. expectations are very high. And we've been through all this shit in the world too, and it's which adds to it. So there's tension of like how much, for me, how much it would be like a movie on its own terms about grief and about Wakanda mm-hmm. and that that being sort of a closed system and then how much it would be a Marvel movie and you know let's say just say it did a lot of the Marvel things it added to the mythology it had references mm-hmm. and uh it had parts that were outside of you know the story of loss it had, it had these like fun dynamic parts like ooh, Riri Williams gets a new iron suit and now there's a new iron person like that's just flashy and marvel and fun I yeah thought, uh, but I, do like I that. actually really liked her performance I thought she was probably one of the like better people to watch in this movie honestly and again she's there for like you know I don't know when we're gonna officially start spoiling stuff but you know what she's there not just because like at first I was thinking it was gonna be Reed showing up I didn't think it was going to be her even though I knew she's in the movie because Richards you mean yeah like me having like my Marvel fan brain on and like right. not thinking you know story-wise would actually make the most sense I was just like oh it's gonna be freaking Reed Richards because you know Fantastic Four is coming up next movie's Ant-Man and you know what I mean like I I feel like that stuff maybe also maybe took me out a little bit of the movie too because I'm thinking of all the connective stuff and Mm -hmm. so I was actually surprised like oh that's who the the scientists they're looking for you know right yeah 
So for my brain, it went to read. So for it to actually been her, even though I knew she was in the movie, like it was just like a, I don't know why my brain didn't go there first, which is sad to think that I went to the white dude character, even though who knows what he's going to end up being in the MCU. Oh, no, that's okay. I mean, there's all, there's a lot of read <laughs> Richard's talking in this year, but I think they haven't quite decided who's playing him yet, for one thing. Yeah. And even just keep it on what kind of forever, like it, it made a lot of sense because she's also supposed to be this technical genius who makes stuff out of her garage. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, so in the movie, she makes this vibranium sensing device, which drives everyone crazy because they really want to be able to find that vibranium. And that's, and so she's, uh, you know, the this new blood that they recruit into the Wakandan Subble. Oh, by the way, for I, if anyone's wondering where Keith is, I forgot to mention that. Keith is off being sick or being Batman or something. So that's just why, just us two at the moment, but you know, <laughs> feel better, Keith. He has lots of thoughts on this too, which I'm sure we'll get to in a future episode. But anyway, yeah, so it turns out that she's Ironheart. And I liked, uh, I'm not too familiar with Ironheart in the comics. She's a relatively either. new character. I, I think her her comics dropped as I started to be in a position where like it was hard financially to keep up with keep buying comics. Oh, um, yeah. And then like, I, and then now I'm in this position of I have too many books to read that like I need to tackle all those before I like dive back into other stuff. Even though I do have a, I pay for Marvel Unlimited, I just... I need right. to finish all my other books. <laughs> right, right. But were you aware there was this character named Ironheart yes. and her, her basic concept? Yeah, yeah I, I was just aware concept. of her basic concept. I, I knew of it just because Brian Michael Bendis created her and he's like, I know there's some people who don't like him as a comic book writer, but he's personally one of my favorites. Sure. And so I knew he created her and I knew he created her because he, you know, has uh, adoptive uh, daughters who are black and that's hmm. the original reason why he created Miles Morales. So they had a hero to look up to. And then he finally oh, right? with, hmm. they should also have female representation. So mm -hmm. that's where Riri Williams comes in to play. And so, yeah, I knew of her and I knew that, like, I think she might be also Rhodey's like niece or like twice removed or something like that. Like, I know, I think she's also related to Rhodey too. So I knew of her and that she was going to be coming up and that she had a TV show because Anthony Ramos from Hamilton is going to be playing her main villain. So oh, is that I, right? Yes. So I kind of was like, it was one of those things where I knew she was in the movie because she was in, like, they had, like, the reference of her, like, heart thing and, mm -hmm. you know, her that she was going to be in it. But, like, yeah, I just was the whole time thinking, I'm like, it's going to be Reed Richards. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, oh. get to Reed Richards originally. God, you guys are so crushing on the concept of Reed Richards showing up somewhere I, I guess and that was my and I that felt so bad because like I feel like I'm the one in the moment who made it like oh what Marvel stuff are they throwing into the movie versus like them actually you know what I mean like I don't know mm -hmm. like the way they did it I felt was obviously made more sense and was mm -hmm. like but my brain went stupid and was thinking what, what are they gonna do to Marvel this up <laughs> well that's okay it was a complicated movie there was a lot of stuff going on by the way it's a three hour long movie it's still like you know <laughs> it's no small thing I like the part of it I liked about Ironheart's intro and again this is very MCU stuff this is real life stuff but like if we think of you know that first Iron Man in 2008 as one of the starting points of the oh. Marvel Cinematic Universe as we have right now it was cool that there was there were a lot of callbacks to Iron Man's original movie, like the whole bit where she flies off half cocked in the suit that's half ready and mm -hmm. tries to get the drone way up high in the sky. But oh, but oh no, she forgot she's not gonna have oxygen and there's gonna be freezing, just like happened in that first Iron Man movie. So, yeah. in a weird way, since now we no longer have, you know, RDJ as Iron Man and, you know, there's all these stuff in Flux and Marvel Universe, it's kind of cool that they would come back to. In a way, come back to a starting point and reintroduce, well, a new Iron Person, but but with slight, you know, just, just riffing on the original Iron Man movie, which started this whole business. So there was that, and that was flashy and cool, and I liked her suit. I think the actress was really great. Like I said, I think hers was also one of my, like, more favorite performances. Yeah. No, I mean, she was sharp. I dug that. I guess we should... We, we should try to talk a little bit about the hard stuff in the movie mm -hmm. which is the actual story and you know it's still remarkable that, remarkable that i mean this this is now an ensemble piece which is very tricky and i think that's kind of where the movie 
suffered like again just a simple fact of they didn't didn't have the lead star of the first movie who was so magnetic and gave us such a strong point of view they didn't necessarily have to convert into kind of an ensemble piece and so it's kind of bouncing between a bunch of characters at once uh, which is cool because we like all those characters and I guess we can say it ends up being Sherry's story yes also interestingly sort of you know a story uh, that's that's led by the actions of a bunch of black women including the queen mm-hmm. including shuri including riri and anakia and all you know all of the dormelage and that's you know sort of amazing in itself but i guess we can talk about you know how did how did that work out for you as watching it because they were most of those characters were you know except for the new additions i would say most of them were already so ingrained in the main core of the movie even though the the first movie even though t'challa was our central point they were still so ingrained into the other movie that them taking over didn't feel you know like weird and then we've also seen the door melage and falcon and the winter soldier so i just feel like we've had those threads of um following the wakandan characters a little bit more so it didn't feel too it didn't feel like too much to me too it was too imbalanced but I do think that again a lot of the stuff that unfortunately Letitia Wright did kind of made it weird a weird wonky way to like make her the central character I don't know if that I don't know if that influenced it but I will say she acted her ass off like she acted her ass off she did great but I still think Angela and Technoc had like the better performances out of everyone they were like the most solid to me all around yeah no, I mean, I thought definitely Angela Bassett has given a real like operatic mm-hmm. weight, as we saw it sort of teased in the trailers. But you know, she she gives you just the most like emotional meat to like process. Mm-hmm. And then they freaking spoiler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then Namor freaking kills the queen. That really was a bitch. <laughs> I don't know I, how, how do we yeah. how do we do with that one. I I was like I don't know if that was a create if that was like Angela herself was like I've had fun doing these movies but it could be you know you know because I mean she looks great for her age but she is up there in age I think is something that we forget with Mm -hmm. um you know black women aging gracefully is that sometimes we forget they're actually that we're actually a lot older than we look so you know and it's not to say she's not in physical shape because she is but you know I don't know if it's just Marvel movies are tedious and they're you know just doing their like you know press tour would be a lot so yeah so many logistics so yeah, many NDAs so, all that yeah, hassle so I don't know if she just like you know it was more of a her thing too like being like hey this has been fun but you know that's kind of like this is it gonna be it for me or if it was just the natural story point that Ryan Coogler had already came up with and it was in the original script too because if you do remember he was always going to make it about grief and loss as what like Keith talked about last week so I don't know if that was going to be a part of it too like he comes back and you know maybe the queen is actually the one who was sick and couldn't be saved or you know maybe that was always part Um, of it but they had to arrange it because of you know Chadwick wasn't there I, I don't know, but it 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 was it, I just feel so bad for Shiri. Like she just lost her dad, her brother, and now her mom. And I, yeah, I know it's ridiculous, and it's <laughs> there. Were, and for me, it was a big emotional switch because, like, we'd just gone through this whole thing of of introducing. Telecon and Namor's world and you know Sherry being sort of a visitor slash captive in that time when they're when we're getting the whole backstory of 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 the underwater people and and by the way that part was like so Disney that was like a really Disney-ish moment where she's like going through the kingdom underwater it's like very like I can show you the world kind of thing it was, um, I liked all of that I was yeah, it. <laughs> yeah it was lovely it was lovely and it was it was it was such a sweet moment of you know of of like you know can there be you know peace amongst these different you know superpowered cultures in in marvel there there's you know can there be a diplomatic solution to all our ills 
and then you know I knew something dramatic was ha was going to happen, but I wasn't sure it was Namor was then just going to outright attack Wakanda and start taking people out and then <laughs> kill Shuri's mom with those stupid little water grenades. By the way, I didn't really like the water grenades thing, but that's, that's another story. Either, but I think also we have to remember that they also have vibranium so a lot of the stuff that they are using is made out of some form of vibranium yes so that's probably what makes the water grenades more powerful and that's what makes them just as much of a threat to like probably the biggest threat to wakanda because i mean outside sources aren't as much like obviously wakandans can literally probably take anyone that is doesn't have a hold of vibranium tech you know that's yeah, made very sure. clear that they can hold their own against anyone who doesn't have vibranium. So both of them are going to be their biggest, you know, could be their biggest enemies just because they have the only other tech that can kind of, you know, destroy each other. So obviously I feel like it was just, that's what made it more powerful is, you know, water grenade made with vibranium. Yeah. That's the only thing I can, you know, that's the only way that I can headcan it to make sense that those yeah. are water grenades did that much damage to Wakanda you know yeah no I get you they, they had a lot of neat tricks they had that weird sonic lemming attack that was also kind of creepy and yeah overall I really liked the the world they introduced with Namor and his people I actually also sort of liked that there was flexible pronunciation of Namor and Namor because I went through the you know this whole thing yeah. about how it would be pronounced in the Spanish way but of course there are flexible pronunciations of Spanish words that we use every day no, you live in Los Angeles, as I used to. You know how many, mm -hmm. how many Spanish name things do we say in a couple different ways, which are not uh, yeah. original Spanish pronunciation. So it completely makes sense that some people say Namor and some people say no more, and that's fine. But yeah, and I, I'm leading up to wondering about Shuri and the Black Panther costume in the long term. But before I get there, I will would like to consider for a moment Nakia. It was really nice to see Nakia again. You know, she's a full-on movie star oh, that yeah. added great presence to the whole thing. And she ends up giving, you know, one of the biggest story surprises at the yeah. very stinger scene in the movie. So just, I'm, how, how'd you feel about Nakia and when she enters the story and what she does? I really liked seeing her back and she was also she was also like one of my favorite people from the first movie that I actually have her little her little Funko. Oh you have her Funko? <laughs> oh hey. Hi. Yeah. She's oh. right next to Shang Chi and Ariel, my Ariel Funko. Nice. Um, but yeah. Quite so, a squad. <laughs> so I was really happy to see her back. Um I loved the way her hair was styled. I don't Good know, hair. I like seeing her being a teacher. Like it was just it was cute. And then I like yeah, she speaks like up. eight different languages in this movie. I know, which way. is crazy. Right. And then when she shows up, like the uh, not quite yet where Namor's people are at, but like that area. And then oh, she, the, like the secret tunnel entrance part. Well, when she's or, talking to talking the lady, about? when she's talking to the lady. Oh yeah, oh yeah, she's talking and to the lady. Like she has her, like, where it is. with her glasses on. She reminded me of um. Have you seen uh, uh Big Hero Six? <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, I know she reminds me of she reminds me of is I think Lemon Pepper is the name of the character. That's okay. where my mind went. Not to connect it to more Disney stuff, but like, right on. no, it's all there. That's great. <laughs> but that's where my mind went. I was like, oh, she looks cute. She looks like Lemon Pepper or Honey Pepper, whatever that girl's name was. A Honey Lemon something, Lemon Drop. I don't know. People know what I'm talking about, though. Big Hero know. Six people know what you're speaking. Yes, exactly. Okay. I just. I loved her storyline, but I was like, "Ooh, girl, you're gonna get and you're gonna get Shuri in trouble, like sneaking under there." And then she killed that person, and I was like, "Oh, this is so bad. This is gonna go so bad." Yeah, she did end up getting everyone in trouble, huh? She technically did because Shuri was handling the situation. She was. She was making diplomatic progress. Exactly, and you know, I, when he said like, "Let's burn the world together," I literally, I, I was so embarrassed, but I said it really loud. I was like, "Ooh." Ooh. <laughs> I was like, oh, the possibilities. I was like, oh, she should. I would. Sure, he's uh, better than me because I'm sorry. This world would have been gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was with a friend who had a similar thought at that exact point. And we thought it was going to be the story of Wakanda and Telecon team up with their huge vibranium resources and oh, a kind yeah. of like big war against the world thing. And I thought about that. And it's because, well, like, that's, first of all, that's not unprecedented in Marvel Comics. 
Namor in the comics attacks the service world like once every other year. He's doing this all the time. He's always invading New York or, or you know, China or something. And that would be a totally different, wacky kind of cool story. But then I thought maybe that would be a little bit too much for the people in charge. Because I hate to say it, but, you know, uh, a power coalition of the black and brown people who are also supported by advanced technology taking on everybody else. I, I think someone might have worried about the optics of that, even though some of us fans think that would be a cool story. It, I, yes, I, I think a lot of people, certain people would be upset with it, but you know, I mean, colonization is bad. Right. right. No, right. So it's, it's still, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, again, and the sort of like, you know, Killmonger gets stopped justifiably, you know, before he launches on his huge campaign in the first movie. But yeah, so what ends up happening is uh, despite the attempts at diplomacy, Nakia does go in and, you know, violently extracts Sherry and that arouses, shall we say, Namor's hot-headed side. Mm-hmm. And he goes a bit extra wild. And then we have, so then we have the story of Wakanda fighting Atlantis, which is also happened in the comics quite a bit since, you know, Avengers versus X-Men. But part of that was me thinking like, like, I'm pretty sure in the comics, Shuri becomes Black Panther at some point. She does. Right. I, and I was wondering if they felt like they had to hold on to that or maybe just because, you know, as you say, Angela Bassett, maybe of her own reasons and Lupita Nyong'o is kind of maybe too huge a star, movie star. Letitia Wright is sort of like in the, you know, in, in that area of up and coming actor who might sign on to be a, a Marvel hero if ever. I was wondering if they just felt like, like felt they had to hold on to it as far as who would be Black Panther originally. Because as the movie was going in the first half, I saw no reason it couldn't be Angela Bassett or it couldn't be the Queen or Nakia eventually it, taking on the suit. It's been almost anyone in the suit. But yeah, I they just honored it with it being um, Shuri, which I kind of knew it was just because of her. Like I was like, you know, she's not the next Black Panther. Her hurting her shoulder shouldn't have hold up production for two mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah. So that was that. Like you know, and that's the problem when you follow like those news stories is like you kind of it's easy to put two and two together. Like, oh, okay, you know, that's what's going on. Right. But, yeah. She probably had to do a really difficult like somersault cat roll off a wall or something and yeah and her herself up. yeah I definitely think it's one of the sh- overall stronger of the phase four it hits you right in the feels right in the first like two minutes of the movie like yeah. you really don't get a chance to breathe and it was just it was a lot there was a lot of tears I think what part got you the most teary would you say just seeing the like uh, I hope if you're listening at this point, you have seen the movie because this is definitely spoilers. But the whole like just the opening, the the rechange of the opening Marvel credit logo mm-hmm, to sure. all of the moments of Chadwick throughout the MCU that yeah, totally. hit. And I know it was sad when they did it with Stan Lee, but I don't know. I feel like T'Challa was uh, Chad was a little different. It really, really hit in the feels and. That had me, and then the fact that like, then the next scene is just Shuri trying to recreate the heart-shaped herb to cure his sickness, and even, and then that makes you just feel like, oh God, just couldn't imagine that living in a in a society where you literally have the best tech in the world and you still can't save someone from sickness yeah. like that. Just that makes it even more sad, and it was just like, oh yeah, it was like in the feels, like almost all the time, and then that scene with. Oki and Ramunda basically in the throne or the like council room yeah yeah that was one of the best scenes of the movie I thought and you know she was like I'll go get Shuri I'm sorry and then Ramunda's like no like you didn't stand beside me when Killmonger took over and like I don't know that whole entire scene too had me like whoo right no I mean that was really interesting because yeah Queen's basically saying you fucked up at some important missions which are important to me because they're my family Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was quite a bit. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, with our film critics hat on, you know, some of the criticisms of 
the film where I don't think it worked so great. And also, which are interesting because I think they're probably related to them having to shoot during a pandemic. And of course, the huge not having the lead actor problem. I, I thought some places it showed like it was like there was some awkwardness. For example, there's a lot of dialogue scenes where there's like a single shot of one person saying their line, cut to the other person saying their line. There's, there aren't the the dialogue scenes, they don't, they don't set up the relationship between the two people in the room so much. And I'm guessing that they shot a lot of scenes in the pandemic without people actually being in the same room with each other. And probably. to me, I saw that a little bit. Yeah, that's probably what happened, especially since somebody wasn't vaccinated. Um, right. So, yeah, unless she did get vaccinated, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. But overall, like I said, I think this is definitely one of the stronger MCU, especially following Thor. And Thor was one that I liked initially and then like let it sit with me. And I was like, mm, it's, not what, <laughs> it's not what it is. The only saving parts for, for Thor is honestly uh, Christian Bale. <laughs> when I think about it in hindsight so that's why I'm saying like I don't want to like be like yeah this is it and then like a couple months later I'm just like mm. but I think this one will definitely have a more staying power with me yeah but, yeah we might need to sit with it for a while but yeah um I, I just mean, think on but I'm not gonna lie probably Namor alone is gonna save the movie for me so no I get it yeah totally <laughs> I mean because we don't I've, I mean I know about you I've only watched it once at one point and when I'm we'll return to watching it again see all the details in the Namor's world and stuff we probably didn't pick up the first time and I think that's going to be real cool I also want to say even though I told I didn't totally vibe with the with the writing and the editing and just some of the filmmaking craft stuff I just thought was not as totally cohesive as it was in the first movie and again it just makes you appreciate that the first movie was really really an epic and also just really tight uh, in a lot of ways this is sprawling in many ways but I I do also like that, like the first Black Panther movie, this Wakanda Forever gave us probably the most interesting, difficult, central conflict just in the plot than I'll say a lot of other Marvel movies. If we remember in the first one, I mean, one of the great things that Black Panther did to create this really interesting problem of lots of people are rooting for the bad guy, quote unquote, the bad guy, Killmonger, because it's a question of, oh, you know, if a, if a Black liberation movement were suddenly supported by the most powerful tech on earth, what would happen? Would we go, you know, would, would, would there be a war? Would we do, or do we choose war or diplomacy? Do we choose, you know, revenge or sort of a, a kind-hearted graciousness? And that's a really good real-world problem. And again, in this movie, and again, I'm contrasting this to the other Marvel movies where they have killer robots, which are actually designed by Tony Stark. And, you know, the, the, the central conflict problem is often created by the superheroes, but that's another ball of wax. In this one, the question of what to do with, uh, you know, two secret societies on Earth that have vibranium is, again, a really actually relevant, interesting question, you know, because, like, if we, you know, analogize mm -hmm. vibranium to oil, we know yeah countries go to war over that shit all the time and would the cia get all involved if they knew that there was a secret super metal you know secretly hoarded here in africa and here underwater yeah they would totally get involved so that's for me why i was really with all that part just as a you know brain exercise up through the whole part where you know they're trying diplomacy underwater and then people are killed and it gets <laughs> all way too dramatic for diplomacy to prevail Mm -hmm. So I want to say, say that I thought that was a, an outstanding feature of the of the story. Anything else you wanted to add on favorite scenes, interesting bits? I feel like I've covered everything that I really enjoyed. I loved why they showed that Namor doesn't really care for the service world and that he's really mm -hmm. like he doesn't even speak like Spanish in the film. So I really liked it a lot and just I don't know. It was great. It was fun. Yeah. There's yeah. one of the weirder language moments of the movie is when he actually says Namor's catchphrase, Imperious Rex, in another language, which is sort of ridiculous. Cause like, <laughs> oh, I was like, I was trying to figure, because I haven't read a... Uh, Were you thrown off by that part? So I was like, why is he saying that? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very weird thing to say. And again, that's purely Marvel reference stuff. That's 
that's Namor's big catchphrase in the comics is he says imperious rex a lot which is like a latin phrase so translating into other languages is like this weird like double loop of but anyway apparently there's some way to say it in in his language and it's a it, it's sort of a weird battle cry i mean it basically just means like i am imperial king but i mean there's symbols also a weird battle cry and it's it's basically just neighbor's way of saying like i'm really in my feelings right now and i'm going to go bust some heads but again that was mainly for the for a certain kind of nerdy marvel head anyway so imperious rex good and yeah i think we might need to watch wakanda forever a few more times to absorb a few more things about it We'll certainly come back to it. Okay, so that was a lot. I'm still like trying to think about all the parts of Wakanda forever. But let's let's take a minute to talk about that new episode of Andor came out. Yeah, some pretty exciting shit happens. <laughs> I'm still thinking. I'm still sit, uh, in the school of Andor is like the best Star Wars shit in quite a while. Yeah, I. It was a really good episode. I like I said, Andor is definitely some of the best of Star Wars. I liked it. They obviously they escaped. If you've seen the episode. Andy Serkis and you know Diego Luna are always amazing. Uh, my only question is, uh, what happened with Andy Serkis' character? Did he stay there? Did he yeah. jump off? Because he says, "I can't swim," and everyone else is jumping in the like, water, <laughs> and they don't really come back to it, do they? They just kind of—he's just standing. Like they show him, like because everyone else is jumping off to freedom, and he's just kind of standing there. So I don't know if like he jumped and and or helps him or he just stays and you know i don't i don't know i know that's fucked up that's so yeah. tragic and i say i think i'm also not a very good swimmer so i totally understand that embarrassment <laughs> there's yeah. like you're at the moment and he's working all he wants is to get out of this freaking prison mm. and just and everyone is just like you know high diving off that thing and i honestly don't think they cut back and resolve whether he stays or not maybe it'll show up in the next episode but it was pretty powerful. And what else would I want to say about that one? There was more Mon Mothma intrigue where did you absorb that whole part about the arranged marriage? Yes, that I saw and I was like, mm, icky. Yeah, that was weird, right? Yeah. Basically, she has to meet with some sort of gangster dude from her home world, this culture that we're learning bits and pieces about and sounds very very difficult <laughs> and to to get her like you know secret rebel finances going she has to negotiate something with the dude who's some kind of gangster dude on his own world and it seems like it's gonna work out except then he's like oh wait but my only price uh in return for doing these secret favors for you is that i want to introduce my son to your daughter with the heavy heavy implication that it should be like arranged betrothed to hook up and apparently i think that apparently that's how they do things on mon Mothma's planet or yeah her weird you know rich culture with well, the because i think person. her her marriage to who her husband was just, i think arranged as well right um, and we get yeah. that because he seems like a dick and they seem sort of poorly matched yeah and then i don't know if her former lover might not entirely be entirely straight i don't know but like oh, and there's, there's that some, too but her former lover seems like a better match for her than right yeah <laughs> i mean i didn't really think about this but do we think in um i'm forgetting the name of her world they keep saying it. it's like chandelier it sounds like chandelier like chandelier yeah. i wonder if they just uh, they also just don't accept gay people or don't accept queer anything and yeah it's sort of the undertone of the whole thing yeah that's what i was getting to yeah and so yeah so there's there's another uh big universe lots of different fucked up cultures but yeah so that's just another layer in the in a very complicated ball that is andor we should also talk about another kind of significant thing that happened in our pop cultural world this last week which was that kevin conroy passed away from cancer I think at the age of 66 mm -hmm. and we'll say the iconic voice actor for Batman for many, many years and many different projects. And for me, this was interesting. It was interesting watching it in the same week as, uh, as the Wakanda Forever movie, a, a movie which also has sort of the, the, the ghost of, uh, of a recent death hanging over it. And well, it's interesting because like, I, 
I didn't watch so much of the Batman the Animated Series, which people love, but I did play a lot of the Arkham video games where he also voiced Batman. And so he was really doing it for audiences because I, I, I do think that Animated Series was kind of more geared for young adult audience and the video games were definitely some like adult material. So he got to do that whole spectrum. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the the animated series and uh, you know Kevin Conroy's work on that and Batman the animated series was like my just my love uh, as a kid after school like you know I was excited to go home and watch Batman for however long it would air mm -hmm. he's always been my definitive Batman even over live action versions I just I don't know Kevin Conroy is was, was just Batman to me that's my Batman and I just I don't know when I saw that he died I was like it, it hurt because it's like that's my childhood right there sure um so yeah he's one of my favorite Batmans is my favorite Batman it, it's sad because I say a lot that I am dark I am vengeance you know I'm not like I do so like I'm Batman like I do that a lot you do so, that a lot as your personal mantra at moments of the day. I, I just say it because say it because I think it's fun. <laughs> yeah, right on, right. On. <laughs> but it's just I'm like you. you know, yeah. This this one hurts a lot. I just yeah. hope that he is at peace and all of that. But yeah, yeah. He really he was so great as Batman. Like just a phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just on that exact thing on Batman's big tagline, if he has one. I mean, I think that's that's one of them. I was rewatching the end of uh, Arkham Knight, the last, the last of the trilogy of video games that he did, and he just does that part great. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. And I assume he says this a couple times in the animated series too, right? There's some big. I think he said it maybe twice, but there's for sure one episode where he does it, and it's just like that's oh, great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they come back to that and. and in uh, Arkham Knight, and yeah, it's it, it's a killer thing, and yeah, and then there was there was that strange thing where he actually appeared in live action once for that weird crisis crossover. Yeah, he was on uh, live action, and he was like kind of like in a like more like closer to like an Iron Man type of suit, not super yeah. like Batmany, but yeah, um, that was cool. I was like, oh, look at he was kind of finally doing something live action because that's when I was on top of like the DC TV shows. Um, right. Yeah, so it was nice, but. Okay, wait, wait, so, so remind me, because I'm just dumb. I know, did he also do Batman as Batman Beyond, or is that a different guy? He he was also the voice for Batman on Batman Beyond, and okay. then, like, the Justice Justice League um, animated and Justice League Unlimited, I think he also did. So, yeah, he was Batman for to a lot of people. Like, it, so it's just crazy that, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the... That's an interesting one. Well, I'll just rant on a little topic <laughs> to sort of bring it back to Wakanda Forever because I was thinking yeah. about this today and I was wondering what you think about it. I think my nerd puppet... Okay, so again, like, I wasn't as overwhelmed by Wakanda Forever as I wanted to be. I was really rooting for myself to be overwhelmed by it, you know? I think yeah. a lot of people were. Uh, but they're, you know, they're editing things and there were just real life stuff that got in the way. So I went back and started to sort of get my mind right. I sort of went back to watch this bunch of Marvel movies that I love. So I guess I'm basically saying my nerd popping for this week is revisiting the Marvel Cinematic Universe from the years 2018 to 2019. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's all right there on Disney. You can all watch them in any like block or kind of marathon you want. I just want to go back. It's like, okay, what was such a big deal about that time? And it really, it's... And in 2018, it really does start with Black Panther, which changed the world. And then there was this whole continuing run-up through Infinity War, and then to Captain Marvel, which is also one of my very favorites of Marvel Universe mm -hmm. movies. And it ends up in Avengers Endgame in 2019. And, you know, like, we, we can argue about whether which of those movies are, like, the best of the whole, like, Marvel bunch. But like something about that, just that series getting from Black Panther to Endgame and you know, Chadwick Boseman is all of them, except I mean, except for Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. And Spider-Man is in all of them, basically. And 
I don't know, that whole period, it was, it was a really special time to be, uh, to be a fan of that kind of stuff. And even mm-hmm. you can argue about whether Endgame is the best movie in the world for a certain kind of nerd, Endgame was the best thing that ever happened. Mm-hmm. But I realized it could only be that way because the run-up to it, including Black Panther and Captain Marvel, just added so much expectation, added so much to see the potential of what could be going on anyway. So that was that was basically my, my, my nostalgia for 2018 to 2019 bit of Marvel movies. And now I'm tempted to ask, mm. <laughs> since we're several years past that now, do, where where are we at in like your three favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe movies of all time? <laughs> I I still think that uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. No, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, the first one, or Captain sure. and the Winter Soldier. That one is still like number one for me, and then Black Panther. And then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Those are my top three. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Good. Broad interests. Yeah, no, I'm pretty much with you, except, like, I don't like Guardians of the Galaxy as much as everybody else. So, I, for me, Captain Marvel is my third favorite one. I think okay. Winter Soldier and Black Panther and Captain Marvel are the finest films to me. And then Endgame with an asterisk because it's just, like, it's it's so good just because it is the ending it gives you closure on so so many things. yeah i would say maybe thor ragnarok would be next for me yeah thor ragnarok is totally in there yeah it's in it's in my top five yeah yeah and it's really also in that sequence i forgot a little bit because they're they were really just like knocking out of the park and that's also the one that leads up to oh shit thanos is here and he's you know mm-hmm. the cliffhanger they 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 find him in the ship and that starts that whole infinity war thing yeah, which is so sad that Love and Thunder kind of wasn't as wasn't even close to be, yeah. you know. Yeah, that one is just goofy in some ways. It's just, it's it's just such an interesting time. I'll I'll look forward to hearing your sum up of what you think the best of this whole phase were. Are we are are we saying that Book of the Forever is I the closure think- of this phase? Well, Which there's the Guardians for? of the Galaxy Christmas special. Right, right, right. In, <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. I think Werewolf by Night might be giving Wakanda forever a bit of a run for its money. Sure. Um, if we're counting the Disney Plus stuff. Um, yeah, sure. I think we, we have to. Which is weird because that makes it as a block, like a larger block than any of the movies. Because it's oh, like I know. five TV um, shows. Because if we are counting all of the like Disney Plus stuff that goes there for, right away, then... I, I think Werewolf by Night might be the best thing that they've done uh, because it's just so different than anything they've ever done. Yeah, and, totally. And I feel like, I don't know if they will ever do anything as different and cool as that again. And I just, that might be it. But Wakanda Forever would definitely follow it if like we're counting that. As of right now, that's the, probably my top two or those two. Yeah, right on. I gotcha. Oh, before I close it, there's one more Marvel thing, which we didn't mention but they keep wanting to to mention mm-hmm. and but they cast a wonder man did you hear about that oh yes and, i did and i'm sorry it's again a guy whose name i never say very well or confidently I feel like i don't know his name in the correct order but i know his name when i see it you know oh yeah totally but his name is yaya abdul mateen the second right and he was recently cast as wonder man in when you know i which i presume is going to be a disney plus episodic series yes and i think he's pretty great what do you think <laughs> i think it's gonna be, i've oh, i'm trying to remember what exactly i've seen him in because i haven't seen Candyman yet <laughs> once once you get one i know oh, <laughs> um i haven't seen that yet and then i still haven't seen um watchmen but i know i've seen him in something else and i oh, right. remember what it was off the top of my head i feel like he's done one other thing um but i feel like he'll be fun yeah i mean so. he's been around in various things and i don't yeah in in watchman he was dr manhattan which was like a crazy role really really weird and keith thing. is probably happy about this because i think this was his fan cast as reed richards but i don't know if he's playing reed richards because he's going to be an ant-man is william jackson harper is that his name the one the who guy played, from the good place yes yeah, cheaty from the good place yes. yeah, yeah yeah that's keith's i think fan cast for 
Reed Richards, and he's confirmed to be in Ant-Man and uh, Ant-Man the Wasp and Quantumania, but we just don't know who he's playing. Yeah. Could be Reed Richards. Maybe not. We'll see. But yeah. <laughs> Reed Richards' love is really impressive. Yeah. No, we, I chatted with that. About, I, my, we, I, I, I wish they would just bring back what's his name. I mean, it's not out of the question. Though, Ian Grufford. Krasinski, right? Oh, Ian Grufford? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm John Krasinski. Oh, so you're not in that. You're not in that train. You're, you're, I, you're on original Fantastic Four movie train. Either, either cast someone entirely new or bring back Ian or Ian, however you say his name. I don't know. Like, John Krasinski was never on my, like, fan cast for okay, it. Okay, fine. I don't know. I would rather have John Hamm over John Krasinski. Okay, right on. I like John Kaniski though. That's what's funny is like I actually really love John Kaniski. I just don't love him as Reed Richards, and I knew he wouldn't be a good choice. And then when I saw him in Multiverse of Madness, I was like, I hope this is not like yeah. the official like Reed Richards casting because I can't do it. That is interesting because you like him as an actor, as I do too. But I yeah. missed the whole train of when there was like a big internet buzz of like, oh, he's got to be Reed Richards. I'm like, and I was just like, you no. got to be. Oh, and I'm so glad you. Yeah, but you were among you know what the five people who remember those early Fantastic Four movies and so getting some love for Ian Grifford that Fantastic Four movie a lot cool but I was like 14 or 15 when it came out and okay. there's a lot of movies that I just still hold dear from like that time of my life yeah no I, I guess oh. I weirdly kind of liked the remake they made of that one but I mean, up until the end, which were just really the Josh Trank, the Josh Trank remake. I haven't seen. Yeah, that. I kind of, I kind of like things about like that. I think I mean, I'm gonna watch it one day just for chaos. Watch it just for the interesting thing of um, Michael B. Jordan being the Human Torch. I mean, that's great. I mean, he's he's just. Oh, you know, we didn't we didn't speak about him. We did not speak it. Where our our weird spoilers heads were on until this exact moment. But let's speak of it, and um, you can edit it. Yeah. Surprise, right. surprise. Tell okay. tell us what happens. I understand why logistically I think they picked this person. So Shiri gets the heart-shaped herb the after she's finally figured out how to make it. She goes to the ancestral plane, but the person that she sees in the ancestral plane is Killmonger. Mm. And she's at first very upset that he's there, but he's like, No, you have vengeance in your heart. So that's why I'm here. Yeah. And I really like that scene. Yeah, no, I, I just, it was nice seeing him back. Um, glad You that, had an inkling he would be in the movie somewhere. Yeah, think, I just but... felt like he would just because of like, Chadwick wasn't there. And I, I feel like he wanted to be maybe a part of the process again in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a feeling that he would be there. I just wasn't sure if they were going to resurrect him and he was going to be. Which would be a big deal. <laughs> uh, Black Panther again. Yeah. You know, I wasn't sure if they were going to do that, if they were going to pull you know somehow i don't know because you know obviously they got to connect that's like now like the downfall and also the cool thing of the mcu has gotten connecting to the next set of stories is mm-hmm. like okay they can maybe pull someone from a different realm because obviously secret wars is what they're building up to sure so maybe it was a different killmonger from a different world where he's not crazy and evil do the shoot people first option yes because i mean yes what Killmonger wanted I understand but his methods were not good right in in the sense of he just was okay with killing even innocent children if you know that meant black people were you know in power which is you know uh, I don't condone killing innocent children who have nothing to do with yeah for real so that's how he that's where his I think I was like "Mm, okay no 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 but I did like that and I really loved like her just being also her reaction when she wakes up she's angry and then she tells yeah, them she's kind of she pissed tells, about it yeah she's pissed and then she tells them that no one came for her which you mm. know i can see why it mm. they obviously can't have chadwick i was worried that it was going to be a hologram of chadwick and i was like i'm right. not fucking okay with this so that would have been fucking like, weird yeah but <laughs> i just would have been like no that's not it but yeah it that's true yeah yeah so i'm glad they didn't do that um weren't disrespectful in that way and then obviously, as we know, we had the after credit scene where if they ever decide to have uh, T'Challa back, they can't have it. But unfortunately, it probably won't be for like another five, ten years. Hmm. But like in the suit, if you know what I mean? Well, of- right. Yeah, I think that's a stretch. Yeah. Well, but again, with alternate universes, nothing is really a stretch. Yes, um, but we do have 
and time travel and stuff. But yes, we do have yeah. now a way for there to be a new T'Challa if, but it's not going to be, it's basically T'Challa the second. Yeah. That way. Yeah. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, yeah, I thought that Killmonger scene was pretty fierce and a nice surprise. You know, as you said, like, I guess the easy thing would be to, for her to actually see her mom, the queen, which is kind of what we were expecting. But then, mm-hmm. oh no, it isn't. And then again, crafty plotting and, you know, dramatic stakes. He, you know, we, it's pretty fierce the way he outlines again the basic problem of the story. Like, are you going to, you know, are, do, you, do you have this level of revenge in your heart? Is this what that kind of, mm-hmm. are you going to solve this problem? So, yeah. That was strong stuff. Okay, Wakanda forever. Brittany, uh, how or shall people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at Hi Brittany Monet because I don't know how much longer Twitter is going to be around. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was talking about that people. I I feel like it. I feel like it's 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 not like it's going to disappear completely, but the scenarios mm-hmm. in which it like radically changes into something shitty, I think, are very reasonable scenarios. Anyway, I'm Dominic Ma, and I'm at Dama, D-O-M-M-A-H, on Twitter and Instagram. But yeah, I kind of said I was going to stop using Twitter for a while because a lot of stuff was just pissing me off. But then again, I totally understand if it's part of like your social re- routine in the day, mm-hmm. how it, it's, it's sort of a hard trade-off. I wish MySpace would come back. Totally. <laughs> I loved MySpace. Well, that's the thing. When I just talked to people about this, like it, it's been a while since a, a really popular one totally crashed and disappeared. But I just wonder if it's that time. I mean, we remember like there was Friendster and MySpace, and MySpace was a huge deal, but then it just like yeah, it just sort of melted away. There's every chance, well, it's a time for another, you know, uh, rotation to a new uh, a new social media thing. I hope people um, are talking about Mastodon or something, but I'm like, I don't know about that one yet. I'm I've heard other people say that the yeah. interface or whatever isn't as user-friendly as you would think. So I don't know. Yeah. And also it's just, it's just called Mastodon, which I think is strange. But I don't know. What, what do I know? Anyway, this has been Hard Knock Life, part of the Nerds of Color Network. And again, Keith is off sick and being Batman. And he goes through all the various URLs, but I'm not going to. Just find Nerds of Color and sports our YouTube channel, blog various podcasts of all kinds if you like this kind of stuff and um that's all for this week um until next time i'll burn the world in anymore you you sure would (laughs) for the right reasons or just because he is hot angel feet yeah (laughs) just because I'm sorry, we have to go on about this then. But do, do we think angel feet are wiggling feet or being like sexy or not? I thought they would look stupid on film. They look cool. But I think they actually look pretty cool. Out, I was like, oh no. Oh, that was a mean one. Totally. That was, oh. <laughs> yeah, nasty one. Anyway, uh, Imperious Rex. to the end.